This is Resistance US Radio. Resist and progress. I'm your host, Stu Chuang Matthews, and I'm here with my co-conspirators, Jax and Linda. Hi. Hi there. Since this is our first podcast, I'll just say a little bit about myself. I'm a happy father of a little boy and a proud husband. I live in Nevada County, California. I work as a software developer. And every day my mind is on politics, sociology, and the future. I've been involved in activism for a long time, including some past involvement in nonviolent civil disobedience. Right after the election, in which Trump miraculously won, but it wasn't that surprising to me, um, so I was kind of preparing for it a little bit, but right after the election, my wife and I decided we had to become politically involved again. So I started this group called Resistance US, which began as a series of meetings to talk about, well, what do we do about Trump and his authoritarian and hateful tendencies? At these meetings, I met Linda and Jax and a bunch of other people, Linda and Jax and a few of them, a few other people have, have stuck around and uh, we, we've planned three different protests two around our local congressman, uh, Doug LaMalfa, who represents um, or misrepresents California District 1 in the U.S. House. Um, We view him as a collaborator with Trump, so we've been going after him. Um, Since those three protests, uh, other groups have sprang up mostly in the um, indivisible indivisible movement, and they have uh, really a lot of people in them. And so we haven't seen the same need to, um, for us to be the only ones or the main ones doing those protest planning because they've been doing a great job around the, the town halls and such. So we kind of regrouped and said, okay, what's our role now? And we decided that we wanted to be the voice of the left and make sure that this movement didn't move too far back toward the center and toward compromise because we see that that's part of the problem that that got us here so we call it holding the left and um, about a month ago um, I heard the one of the most recent This American Life episodes in which they talked about the recent history that delivered Trump to our doorstep um, really starting in 2014 in the midterm elections when all the conservatives were so fired up about Obama and they used a, uh, a case study of this guy David Bratt in Virginia who unseated Eric Cantor the Speaker of the House which was seen as a really massive upset and one of the things that really struck me about this race was that this guy David Bratt he's you know your kind of uh, stereotypical misguided Ayn Randian economist and so he was trying to nerd out about his incorrect economic ideas and um, but he would go out on the campaign trail and all people wanted to talk about was immigration and specifically people were fired up about giving amnesty to the children of undocumented immigrants Um, and this guy David Bratt would get on talk radio you know Rush Limbaugh or I don't don't know if he got on Rush Limbaugh but um, I think he was on Hannity and maybe and Coulter. I forget exactly which one of these shows he was on. 
but they would just they would keep talking about immigration over and over and it just it showed first of all the power of talk radio the power of these ideas getting out there um, but it also showed just how much hate there is uh, in the American right and you know in the general population even um, so we came together as a group resistance US and and said well you know maybe this is something we can do not to the extent of a Rush Limbaugh where he's um, making up incorrect facts well I can't call them facts he's you know making up these myths and repeating them over and over so we're not going to stoop to that level and make up facts and we're also not going to um, hate hate whole groups of people based on the color of their skin or their religion or stereotypes um, but we can keep talking about these issues and talk about them in serious terms and hold our elected official officials accountable for the positions that they take so that's what we're doing the purpose of this podcast is to fire up the left and also to shift the narrative of what is good enough for the progressive movement in this country um, and and really say that you know if for instance if the Democrats put out a centrist candidate who uh, supports fracking or um, someone who's uh, 10 or 20 years behind the public on some important social issue um, we're gonna say you know that's that's not good enough and hold them accountable um, so we are in, we are all in Nevada County California and so we want to be especially relevant to local people here and so most of our guests that we want to have on um, will be local guests and and every episode should have a, a guest on it um, there'll be local guests talking about mostly national topics topics such as climate change sex work drug policy universal basic income Israel Palestine healthcare education and since I wrote those seven or eight down I've already thought of you know several more that I would add to that list um, so we'll have no trouble thinking of <laughs> things to talk about so now that you've heard a bit about what we're going to be up to I'm going to shift to a conversation with my co-conspirators Jax and Linda For, I'll start with Linda um, Linda can you tell us why you are politically engaged now sure thanks Stu well, political activism is relatively new endeavor for me. Um, I would say that in the past, uh, my activism was typically limited to volunteering for social justice and environmental causes. Um, politically, I would say that I was active to the extent that I tried to be an informed voting citizen, never missed an election. Um, but things really shifted for me, as I think it did for many people after the recent presidential election. I was, I was blindsided, I think, by the outcome and um, devastated, not only for the most obvious reason, but because it was suddenly clear how out of touch I must have been with what was happening politically and socially in the country. Um, clearly, the progressive microculture bubble in which I had spent most of my life had skewed my sense of reality, it seemed. So, um, it was not long after the election, I would say, that I decided 
that wallowing in despair, crying and complaining <laughs> weren't really helping. Um, whining wasn't going to make things right, you know, lead to the kind of change that I wanted to see ultimately. So for the, for the first time, really, I would say that, you know, that overused saying about being the change that you want to see in the world really spoke to me. And I decided that I wanted to contribute any extra time and energy that I had to resisting this new administration whenever policies seem detrimental to the American people. Um, I mean, I just basically came to the conclusion that, um, or I always knew that complacency and inactivity are tantamount to acquiescence, but I felt like I really wanted to um, start you know, living that way. So for the well-being of the planet um, and its community of people, I just really want to do whatever I can now to try to influence change and hold our elected officials to a, a higher standard of public service. That's great. I, I really appreciate that you've been getting in, involved. Would you say that it's um, it's made you feel any different, like emotionally, spiritually, energetically, to, to be actively involved now? Well, I think that I kind of set um, high standards a little bit for myself in the sense that I feel like I'm never doing enough, just that day-to-day -day life does get busy. And so I, I think that I end up doing less than I'd really like to do. So I'm a little bit hard on myself about that. But I think, you know, ultimately when, um, you know, when I, when I am feeling like I'm being a bit more active, I do feel um, a sense of a little bit more satisfaction in that. At least I feel like the griping that I do, you know, is, is, uh, backed up by a little something. I'm not just, just not just making, you know, empty complaints. So it does help me feel a little bit more emotionally, you know, better anyway. Yeah. Well, we all do what we can and we're, we're trying to do this on top of whatever we already had going on on November 19th or whatever the day before the election. Right. <laughs> right. And Jax, what would you say your vision for the future is? Well, I didn't know that Linda was going to be so articulate, and uh, <laughs> I wish I had something a little more prepared. But um, you know, it's I not, what? It's, it's not my usual mo. But <laughs> so not true. I can see why you were why you were surprised. By the way, she's always very articulate. Fake um, <laughs> news. So I had actually put this question to my husband and I'm remembering some of his response um, because he's he, like Linda, um, does a good job of sort of putting to words the ideas in my head that I am having a harder time articulating. But I remember him mentioning that it's really important for the left to start appealing to people's baser instincts. And by that, he meant concerns that we all share. And he pointed out that it's very painfully obvious that HRC tried the tactic of, you know, what you were talking to earlier about truth, that she at least tried to correct 45 when he would start spouting his nonsense. And that really didn't seem to have the intended effect. And so his, his idea, and I, I kind of, I kind of agree with him in the sense of not just trying to appeal to, you know, college intellectual levels, but really trying to, as you say, firing up the base, which is really more trying to speak to everybody and trying to figure out 
what issues that we have in common, um, human rights, civil rights, um, ACA, which is a lot of what we're seeing the indivisible groups do, um, taking on real broad issues that really appeal to really even across the aisle, as they say, and not simply, you know, it, it shouldn't matter what your politics are, you know, you want to have decent health care. So I really appreciated his point of view of really kind of trying to broaden um, the appeal of the left. And I've always thought that progressives do that naturally is always sort of trying to make things better for everybody. So, um, yeah, and there's plenty that, I don't know, I even reach towards the, um, the politics of the, um, the Occupy Wall Street folks and sort of have that 99% mentality of, you know, really, we're all in this together and continuing to get sort of that message out there and getting people inspired really in their own self-interest, the interests of the planet is are their self-interest and kind of helping get people on board with those ideas, I guess. So, uh, for, like I said, I forgot that we had homework and I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> That is perfectly all right. So it sounds like you think that we can move from just fighting for people on their behalf to fighting for people with their participation. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. Thank you. Again, see, you do what Linda and Aaron do for me. <laughs> but in <laughs> words, exactly what I'm trying to spit out. Yes, exactly. No, it was great. It was great. Yeah, that was great. Well, this was this is just our introduction podcast. I hope um, it sounds interesting to you. Like I said, we're going to be having some guests on. We're uh, we're going to be posting these um, at least to start once a month because we all do have families and jobs. Um, you can contact us if you have any ideas for for shows. Uh, you can contact us out. Uh, you can contact us at radio at resistance.us.org. Our website is resistance.us.org. Thanks for listening.